This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we took a trip to UCLA. If you don't know what UCLA is, it's a college here in Los Angeles. And one of our subscribers who reached out to us is not only a student at UCLA, but is also one of the leaders of a club called Creative Labs. His name is Rohan Kumar, and he asked us to come speak at the club. Creative Labs is an extracurricular club that aims to bring students together on collaborative projects, workshops, and brings in industry-oriented speakers at the intersection of technology and creativity. We took the opportunity to record our live session at Creative Labs and turn it into a podcast. So this is our first live podcast episode ever. We told our story of how we made a career for ourselves in creativity, and we talked about the importance of finding your niche in your creative work. Thanks so much to Rohan and the rest of the team at Creative Labs for inviting us. We had a great time doing this speech, and we can't wait to bring it to you right now. So here's our conversation from Creative Labs at UCLA. Yeah. So this is our like first speaker session of the quarter, right? Yeah. yeah. We have like three planned this week. It's gonna be crazy. Amazing. We have wow. E3, E2 coming in. E-square. Wait, I keep saying it wrong. E-square. 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 Um, and we have Integral Studio coming in next Friday. So it's gonna be like a really busy week here, but we're super excited. Um, my name is Rohan, for everyone that doesn't know. Um, I'm a third year CogSci student. This is Creative Labs. We do collaborative projects in tech and design every quarter where students submit their own ideas and then other students join and work on it all quarter until like week 10. And we have a big demo day right here in Start UCLA. And this is Colin and Samir. They're a filmmaker, they're filmmakers and videographers that I've been following for like a pretty, like almost a year now. And it's been really cool. We connected this summer, mm-hmm. we got coffee, and I was super awkward when I first met you. <laughs> but now it's getting really cool. And we're super excited to have you guys here. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited to be here. I mean, you know, I'm born and raised here in Los Angeles, um, and it's really fun to actually be able to come and, and interact with people who are interested in creativity. I'm, just to give you some background on myself, I've studied film my whole life. I, I went to UC Santa Cruz and studied film up there as well. But at the time when I was studying film, I mean, there was nothing available to us uh, like what's available to you guys today. So in terms of creativity, I mean, like I got an iPhone my junior year of college, right? Like that's how, that's how different times were back then. And today, you know, with the, with the tool you have in your pocket, you can film, edit, release something and grow an audience. And so it's an amazing time to be a creative. And I think it's really exciting to be able, it's like so exciting to be able to come and, and share some of our experiences with you guys uh, and hear about, you know, what you guys are up to. Um, and I think like, you know, to start, we'll, we'll start by telling you some of our story, but I'll let Colin just introduce himself. He's not from Los Angeles, so I'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, so I'm, to give you some context, originally from New Jersey, went to school at University of Colorado, and I was an economics and Italian major. And when I got out, I totally shifted gears. Uh, I bought a camera, started teaching myself, um, got a job at the front desk of a hotel to pay my rent, and was just learning how to use a camera after work. Uh, learning how to use the Adobe Creative Suite, teaching myself. And um, like the process of putting some of my work on the internet is the entire reason that I'm even sitting here with Samir. The first video I put up, he happened to see and sent me an email. Um, And that led to an invitation to move to Los Angeles like six and a half, seven years ago. And so I think, you know, I'll add to what he was saying, we just live in this incredible time when not only can you use your phone to distribute your creativity, but like the discoverability of your work truly can change your life upon like your first upload or your first post. Um, so really excited to kind of be here and talk about our experience. All right, so let's get a feel for the room. How many people watch YouTube? Everyone? Amazing. All right, let's talk about some creators. Who do you guys watch? Anyone? Shane Dawson? Phenomenal. Anyone else? PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Anyone go like obscure? Any like bread face or something like that? No one? What's that? He does like how-to stuff, but it's not really how-to. Really, he's just like slapping stuff around. He has a stick with some eggs that he keeps throwing at people. Okay, like amazing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Any other creators? Guava What's that? Oh, guava juice? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. amazing. The yeah. Odd the odd one's out, yeah. Naked Jakey. What is Naked Jakey? He like sits on a, like one 
those exercise balls in front of a bad green screen and just talks about like random stuff. Mostly video games. Though. Mostly video games. That sounds like YouTube. Video games. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That sounds uh, like YouTube. How many, how many subscribers does that person have or how many people know about that person? Millions, yeah. So, so one thing I, I find really fascinating about like part of the, the world that we're in today is that you can someone can shout out a channel that can have millions and millions of fans, but not everyone in this room knows about it, right? And so a lot of what we wanted to talk to you guys about today is about as a creative, whether you're a video creator, whether you're an artist, whether you're you know interested in music, whatever it is, right now is an opportunity to find your niche, to find your corner of a market, or find your audience that actually could be massive if you get hyper specific. And that leads us to kind of our story of how we even started working together. So I grew up here in Los Angeles and I played lacrosse. Lacrosse is a niche sport. It's a small sport. And it's even more niche if you play it in Los Angeles. So how many people know what lacrosse is? Okay, so a good amount of you guys know, at least have seen the sport. When I first started playing, um, here in LA at my high school, it was so foreign that if you walked around with a stick, like, I was walking around and one of the teachers was like, what kind of tennis racket is that? <laughs> so it's like very unfamiliar. And I grew up thinking like, it's so strange. It's such a cool sport. There's no way to connect. Like no one knows what it is here. There's no, there's, it never shows up on television. It's not like baseball or football. And so when I went to college, I studied film and I ended up coaching lacrosse and playing lacrosse at UC Santa Cruz. I was really interested in the sport. And by the time I graduated, I ended up getting like kind of educated and learning about what was happening on YouTube. And this was in 2011. And at that time, YouTube was really just Jenna Marbles. Like that's, I don't, does, anyone, does anyone still watch Jenna Marbles? Yeah, so Jenna Marbles was like the, like she defined YouTube, it was her and cat videos. And I graduated with a film and digital media major and I was like, I'm gonna move back to Hollywood and I'm gonna work in film. And this guy from YouTube started telling me about YouTube and saying, like, he took me out to dinner and he's like, hey, I think you should consider creating content on YouTube, especially about lacrosse. You're a lacrosse coach, like, there's an opportunity for you to, you know, monetize what you're doing and, and create an audience for lacrosse. And it seemed so ridiculous and, and so small, like, that I wasn't interested. So I moved back down to LA and I started working in a film studio. It's called Red Studios and I was an editor there. So I was the bottom of the barrel of the editing team. So basically, I, it was a movie called Ides of March. It was with Ryan Gosling and uh, George Clooney. And basically, my job was to like take the video track and take the audio and find where they did the, this thing and just pair that together. And then I would just pass it to the next person. And it was like pitch black room, like dark, long days, really boring. And I was like, this is not what I imagined filmmaking to be. And when I went out to dinner with the head editor, he was like, uh, or I, sorry, I went out to lunch one day with him and he was like, so what do you want to do? Because you, kind of, you seem kind of frustrated here. And I was like, yeah, I want to like make something. I want to, I feel like I could film something. I feel like I could create a movie and I feel like I could put it out. And like, then my friends could see that I'm like a filmmaker. Like, I was like, when does this movie come out? He's like 18 months from now. So I'm like, damn, that's not, that's not what I want to be doing. I want to be creating a lot more than that. And so his recommendation to me was to go produce, like go make something go just film something, edit it, put it up. And so I started to entertain the idea of YouTube and saying, okay, maybe that's a destination. Maybe it's not just for cat videos. Maybe I could put some stuff up. So I, t I paired that with my you know, passion for lacrosse and said, why don't we try and create a network online for the sport? So I came up with something called the Lacrosse Network. And basically what the Lacrosse Network was when it started was me and a friend filming and editing videos and putting them up on YouTube out of my bedroom in my parents' house. We put down a folding table like this and just started filming whatever we could and editing and putting it up. Now at the same time, uh, this is where Colin comes into the picture, now at the same time, we were scouring the internet for anyone else. Is anyone else making lacrosse videos? And um, there was one other person really, and it was Colin, <laughs> and he was, uh, <laughs> And, and he's sitting in Colorado. And so like at this time, you know, we're uploading videos. There's like 300 people watching them. And we're like, whoa, that's kind of awesome. There's 300 people out there like, who also care about what we care about. And so our goal was to make a new video every single day. It's hard for us to make those videos. And so we were you know, looking for other creators. And that's, that's when we came across Colin. I'll let him tell his part of the story now up to you know, when he moved out to LA. Yeah, like I said, so I, I graduated economics, an Italian major, and when I graduated, I was like, man, I am not good enough at Italian to actually like teach it. I don't think I'm gonna move to Italy. 
economics was kind of tough for me to even get through. So I graduated. I was like, man, what do I really want to do? Um, and in college, I had a blog about my lacrosse team. And it was just fully lifestyle based. Like it really, lacrosse was just the background. And so I enjoyed storytelling and thought, like, what would be the next step of this for me? And that was video. So got a job at the front desk of a hotel just to pay my rent and bought a camera off Craigslist and was like, all right, if I'm going to learn how to use this thing, I need access to a good story. And the story that I knew I had access to was my college lacrosse team. I had just come out of there. The coach was like a madman. He was always kicking people out of practice, yelling, screaming. Like he was, I mean, I'm very good friends with him now, but like he was crazy. <laughs> he was nuts. And like he knows that I thought that about him. Um, but yeah, I asked him, I was like, can I film, like I'm working this job in town, can I film your team, can I film our team, I still felt like I was a part of it, um, and tell my story. So that's what I did. I, I started out uh, with the one story I knew I had access to, and put it up on Vimeo, and got this email from a Samir Chaudhry in Los Angeles, and the email, I feel like he claimed he was like from YouTube. It was like this very grand email, where I was like, wow, that was fast, like I literally had never done this, I just put this video up on the internet. And what felt like an executive over here <laughs> is sending me an email. Like, I just made it to the top. What's going on? Um, but what ended up happening is, you know, Samir pitched to me the idea for the lacrosse network. He said, hey, I'm going to be here trying to acquire the lacrosse audience. So if you're going to be doing this anyway, it would make sense that you're putting it on a platform where I'm attracting the audience you're looking for. And honestly, like, for me, that was, I was practicing. So this was, Sort of a no, but it was exciting. I was like, yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. Let's do it. And we distributed six episodes of this series. And my inspiration for the series was very much based off of like surf and skateboard communities. And those communities, they take cameras into their own hands because they never had um, traditional media distribution like the big sports. So they had like early skateboarding. They're like distributing their own VHS tapes. And they were selling like crazy because the community was so excited to get them. And the way I looked at it, lacrosse was a similar way. Like, we weren't on ESPN all the time. We still are not. So the way I looked at it, I was like, if this sport's going to grow, if people are going to hear about this sport, players of the sport, like myself, like, we need to pick up the cameras and start filming our own community. And, and that was the impetus for it. And so we put out six episodes on the lacrosse network. And what we ended up finding was that those six episodes, which is like a behind-the-scenes docu-series, you know, when everything was doing one to 2,000 views, those were doing 20,000 views. And I think what that showed us was like, you know, Club Lacrosse was not high profile. Like, it still does not have much of an audience. If you're, even within the lacrosse world, the highest profile is going to be like Duke or the big schools back east. So Club Lacrosse in Colorado was not a premium story. But I had so much access to the story when the coach kicked everyone out of practice and I was five feet from him with my camera and he looked at me and he was like, yeah, you can include that. I was like, oh, okay, like, that's, that's gnarly. That's insane what you just did. <laughs> but I can't wait to put this on the internet. Um, and so I had this incredible level of access and having access to a human story is what I think like, you can have the most high profile subject, but if you don't have access to it, it it's really not gonna get you that far. So I think that's kind of what that experience taught me and then by the end of those six months putting that series out, Samir ended up asking if I wanted to move to Los Angeles for a three-month internship. And I was like, yeah, I'm working at the front desk of a hotel. Like, anyone's going to pay me to use this camera? I did not study this in college. Absolutely packed up my stuff and drove out to Los Angeles. So we kind of knew that, like, for sure, we were starting to build a community. There was people who cared about it. Like Colin said, like, all of a sudden, there's, now there's 20,000 people instead of 300, right, that all of a sudden care about it. They speak the same language as us. So a lot of these things were really important to us. You know, we knew we wanted to make a new video every day. That was really hard. We knew we wanted to uh, be authentic to these people and, and really speak their language. Um, that was a little bit easier because we were from the community. And we just started to grow that audience. And you know, it was really hard because we're in Los Angeles, not a lot of lacrosse around here. So we ended up turning the camera on ourselves and just started making a show about ourselves. And that became a very relatable show and something that a lot of people uh, started to connect with and we became kind of the, what I'll call like the leaders of the tribe of lacrosse and we could do that through video. Now, you know, two years later, we're doing a lot of different types of content and I'll tell you like, 
you know, one thing about this era of life, I had just watched The Social Network. You guys seen that movie about Facebook? So like, that's like a fun movie to watch and be like, you know what? I'm just gonna make something online and then eventually it'll be worth a ton of money, right? That's how, that's the equation. Uh, that's not the equation actually. That happens to like only Mark Zuckerberg. But when you, <laughs> when you, uh, when you start creating and you have all this audience and you just have this thesis in your mind that like if there's enough people, like people make money on YouTube, this is how this works, right? And two years in, I mean, we're not, it's not a business. We're not making any money. We're streaming games. So we're like the biggest distributor of live sports on YouTube. We're getting pulled into meetings with UFC, Fox Sports, WWE. We are like the center of attention for um, new wave sports media on YouTube. And in the lacrosse world, we got to the top pretty quickly. Like yeah. small community catered mm -hmm. to it, putting out a lot of content. So we really like, we felt like we were like, all right, we've, we've, we've kind of hit the top of this community. Now, what happens now? Because we're here. So uh, at this point, I, I, I want to get to this point because I want to tell you this story. So it was one of the most impactful stories of my, my entire life. Um, we now are at a point where I'm like, I have to raise money or I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like we cannot, this is a very expensive thing to do to produce video. We just can't, you know, can't do this anymore. And my brother's a lawyer at the time, and he's introducing me to different people who might be able to lead me to like an investor. And there's this guy at a, at a big company called Bain Capital. And this guy's interested in lacrosse. And I'm like, jackpot. Like, how could you, I mean, this is insane. There's a guy with money who's into lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> like where, this doesn't happen, this is amazing. And I had a phone call with him, and every day I'm like preparing myself for this pitch. I'm like, this guy's gonna definitely go for this. Like, he's gonna give me millions of dollars. We're gonna do this thing. You know, like, we're gonna make some big, big waves in uh, sports media. And I don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm even telling you this part of the story. But that morning, I woke up and I put on a suit. I don't wear suits, but I just felt like it was like appropriate to wear a suit if I'm gonna ask someone for money. So I wore a suit, but it was a phone call. I wasn't going to meet him in person. <laughs> anyway, dress for you know the occasion. I. Uh, I have a phone call with him and um, he picks up the phone and I start explaining what we're doing. And I'm like 30 seconds into the pitch and I'm like, you know what? And we're broadcasting games. And all of a sudden on the other side of the phone, I hear, hey, hey, hold on, let me, let me stop you right there. He's like, I watched what you're doing on YouTube. You just used the word broadcast. I used to work in broadcast. What you're doing is not broadcast. What you're doing is making home movies. And quite frankly, you're not that good at it. So I'd actually recommend that you stop and just do something totally different because this isn't, this isn't a realistic path for you. And I just said, you know, it's like a oh, huge hit to me, like my ego. And, and I just said, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time. And he was like, cool, talk to you later. Just hung up the phone. Whole conversation was 90 seconds. And it was one of those moments where you know, I sat there at my desk, and, and at the time, it was Colin and this guy, uh, co-founder Julian, they were in one room and I was in the other room. And I used to take these calls in, in, in my room, and I sat there and I thought to myself, like, like, for a second I thought, like, man, it's over. You know, yeah, we're growing this cool community, but like, this is impossible. No one believes in this. No one thinks this is possible. And uh, I kind of gathered myself for a second, though, and I walked in the room and with them, and I just acted like nothing had happened and just was like, you know what? Honestly, fuck that guy. We're going to do this. And it was a huge driving factor where I looked at it and I said, the community is much stronger. My bond with the community, the content we're making, there are people out there who care about this. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And about six months later, we get a call and there's a company in New York called Whistle Sports and they just raised a bunch of money and they bought our company. And it was a huge deal for us, right? So now there's a company who just acquired our company, hired all of us. We got to have full-time jobs making movies about lacrosse. We grew an office here in LA. We worked with brands like Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, New Balance, Gatorade. We grew our own branded content division. And it's all because we stuck with this concept of building this community. And Today, we're, we get to be professional filmmakers. Since then, we've left the company. We've moved on to um, working with a lot of different online creators, working with a lot of different brands. Um, most recently, did anybody watch Yes Theory in here? Yeah, okay, so we work a lot with Yes Theory. Uh, we went with them to go shoot uh, 
the jump with Will Smith. I don't know if you guys saw Will Smith jump out of a helicopter. We were involved in that shoot. And today, you know, we get to be filmmakers. And that really was the dream. Now, could I have told you when I was in high school walking around and people were asking me about lacrosse that lacrosse was going to lead me to live out my dream of being a filmmaker? I, there's no shot I could have told you that. I would have said these are co two completely different things. Playing lacrosse and being a filmmaker, these are two completely different things. But I, you know, I wanted to tell the story and kind of show you that seven years ago, Colin and I started working together and we're still business partners, we're still filmmaking partners, we get to live out um, this kind of dream we had of, of telling stories for a living, all because of the community that we served, all because of the very specific niche audience that we attracted. Yeah, I think what you'll find from a niche audience... Uh, Are you listening to our podcast right now? It's it. live right now. Yeah, you're in it. Live. We're, we're, reco right now. we're recording the podcast I right listen. now, wow. dude. You, you're catching, you choose the weirdest time to catch <laughs> yeah. up wow. on our podcast. Anyway. Yeah, Colin? <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. What I was yeah. saying, whatever, like, whatever creative thing you want to do, I think you can actually really benefit from picking the smallest possible audience to start from because... One, like once you identify as a member of that community, of that audience, they're going to be more receptive to you. So like our early videos are super cringeworthy. They're all still on the internet, and some of them are... Don't look them up. Really, <laughs> really tough. Don't look um, up. I've seen them. You've cool. seen them? Yeah. No worries. Did you just watch yeah, them? Right? Yeah, yeah, just watch yeah, just, yeah. You can pull it up. <laughs> Please. Uh, they're some of them are really cringeworthy, but we identified as a member of this small community. Um, as ambassadors of it. And because of that, I think they were forgiving. They were excited that we were even doing this in the first place, that we were catering to them. And, you know, as we got better and improved, they were along for the ride. Like, something that Samir and I always talk about is this idea of public reiteration, which is changing with an audience. Like, when your audience gets to become a driving force for that change and witness you do it and be a part of it. It's something that, as creators like us, like, we're flexible. We were able to change our content over time as we realized like, the community doesn't like this and they like that. Companies have a much harder time doing that, right? Because they have this huge infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But as an individual creator or a small creator catering to a small group, you're going to have a really passionate audience that's excited to give you feedback, but also willing to see you change. Um, and that was huge for us. Yeah. I, I have a quick question for the group. How many, like, what types of creative projects are you guys all interested in? Like, is anyone interested in film? Is anyone interested in music? Like, what kind of things are you guys interested in? You can just blurt it out. Videos. Videos? Yeah, I make videos. You make videos, too. Cool. What kind of videos? Um, honestly, it's all over the place. I don't really, like, focus on one thing. I just do it for fun, honestly. Cool. This, this, all projects. this talk is for you. <laughs> What about you? What kind of stuff? Dating uh, content dating on Jubilee? Strictly, yeah. strictly <laughs> dating <laughs> content. Is that the type? Of strictly is that high viewership yeah. line dating? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, uh, tech challenges. So I like take a challenge of a weekend and like vlog about how to actually build it, and uh, you know, just like stream it too. Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. You stream it on YouTube or on? Oh, sorry, not stream is probably the wrong word. I'm planning on streaming them in the future when it gets more of a viewership, oh, okay. but until then, just make them. Cool. And yeah. Oh, uh, for like creative flops. Amazing. Steven, what did you build last quarter? Oh, uh, I actually have a team member here with me. Um, <laughs> works on this project that, like, um, we try to, like, honestly, we kind of blend the lines between, um, like, hearing music and seeing music. Mm. So, like, normally you would see, um, like, these uh, the music visualizers where you can, like, put in audio and you, like, get these visuals on the screen. We try to do the opposite where you can give visuals and get back music. Um, we call it a color. Canvas, you can draw stuff and like it'll court it like like depending on the color and like the stroke and like where it is on the canvas, it'll like map that to certain notes. So that's that's what we did last quarter. Whoa. Yeah. 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 So I'm into music. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So I think like, you know, as you guys embark on whatever creative projects you do, you know, we, we hope that through some of what we can provide to you today, um, whether it's through what we just told you or through some Q and A, like um, you know, we find we found a lot of value and a lot of success in being super, super hyper 
uh, focused on one specific audience. Actually, a lot of times when we want to reach someone, um, when we're interested in collaborating with someone, we make a video about them because we think in the terms of like, if we can have an audience of one group or one person, it's super, super um, possible to actually reach them. Now, one of our most unlikely of all was um, we made a video about Will Smith. And, you know, we were like, all right, like Will Smith made a YouTube channel. Anyone watch his YouTube channel? Yeah, so some people here watch his YouTube channel. So Will Smith made a YouTube channel and we were like, you know, this is interesting. We, we, we have comments on this. We'd like to make a video about it. We made a video about it. We put it up. Within the first half an hour, we get an email from Will Smith's management team. They're like, hey, Will watched your video. He loved it. Can we talk? I thought that was fake. I was like, no. <laughs> uh. And it was crazy. And we got to talk with him. And we, we got to spend his 50th birthday with him. Like, it was a crazy thing that, like, yeah. but when you hyper-specific and go really deep into that category, you know, the pe for the people who yeah. watch Yes Theory and have seen us, uh, you know, we, we film a lot of their, you know, work with them a lot on, on different projects and made, made videos with them. We made a video, of, like, to try and meet them and then we met them. And, like, you just hyper-specific audiences can actually yield higher results than trying to make something that's for everyone, right? So whether that's a video or a or product or an app or whatever you guys are working on, like, having that one to two people in mind is incredibly important. And for the Lacrosse Network, our first project, we were the people we had in mind. We were the audience for our own work. And I think what you'll realize is that like that small audience you are talking to is representative of so many more people. Even if they're not directly interested in, in what you're talking about, like if you capture that core group, they are going to be much more representative uh, of other people and you'll end up reaching them. Yeah. I think like going off of that, I think that's what really differentiated you guys for me. Um, that's why I reached out. So I saw like the Yes Theory video, things like that, and like I was like, oh, might as well try it. Um, <laughs> sent you guys some emails, and uh, we had coffee that one time. Yeah. And, and then yeah. and all this I, stuff. Then. Again, for the Yes Theory fans in here, if you've ever seen their clothing line, Seek Discomfort, Rohan was a model for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll put up a picture. Yeah, we'll put up a picture. Yeah. You, can see, you, can see the shorts. Yeah. you can see the shorts. Yeah, but we actually, you know, we connect with a lot of people through putting out our work. Um, there's someone sitting here in the front row, Madison, right there. He, he's the reason we have a podcast. Adam in the back. And Adam's in the back over there. Yeah, so there's some people here who have connected with us just from putting out videos. And, like, our favorite thing in the world is to be able to create a piece of content and have that lead to a personal relationship with either a community or with a person. It's, like, a very special way to connect with the world where you know a lot of times we can think that we're living our lives behind a screen but actually you know that type of creation can help you you know step out into the world and, and interact with with communities i think going off that um you guys are working on like the weekly film fest mm -hmm. and how do you see that bringing together collaboration and that sense of like hyper specific yeah so weekend film fest to fill you in is uh something that came about when samir and i went to South by Southwest Film Festival. We've always said and have always had this desire to make a feature-length documentary. We spent a lot of time making five, six-minute YouTube videos, but a big goal of ours still is to make something that's 45 minutes, an hour long, shows up on Netflix. Uh, that's a big, like, North Star dream for us. And uh, what was it, last year? Yeah, last year. Last year, we went to a uh, film festival in Austin, Texas, and we're sitting there, like, man, we left this film so inspired. We really want to still submit a film to a film festival. And then we kind of just had this thought, like we have this audience of people we speak to who are interested in kind of what we're doing and interested in creating. Couldn't we hold our own film festival? And so we took to Twitter that weekend and just said, hey, like, go out this weekend, film anything and send it our way, and we'll check it out. No reward other than like, just go out, make something, you've got 48 hours, send it our way. And we had like 60 or 70 people go out, make videos and send them to us. And that, that was, really inspiring and also very unexpected. And what we started to do from there was this thing called Weekend Film Fest, where every Friday we announce a prompt on our Twitter. And the prompt is like 60 second video, start in one place, end in another. That's one example. Or tell us a story about your hometown. That was another. And so what we started to understand is that like, you have these tools at your disposal to tell stories. You, everyone pretty much has a phone, has an internet connection, can upload to the internet. But not everyone has the impetus for their idea or a reason to create. 
And a lot of times, that's just what people are looking for, is like a little bit of a constraint. And so we started doing this week to week. And you know, no reward, like no real prizes. But people kept sending videos our way on Twitter. And then it became this community on Twitter, where every time you uploaded a video, you hashtag Weekend Film Fest. And so on Sundays, as the submissions rolled in on Twitter, if you hashtag Weekend Film Fest, you could click on it on Twitter and look through and watch everyone's submissions. Coming in from all over the world, People are starting to interact with each other now and watch and support each other. Um, and it was just for us kind of like a little bit of an experiment to start, right? And let's just see how this, how sort of like the human psychology will work here. If we give people this prompt for something to, to do, to make, will they actually do it? Um, and they did. And it was incredible. And now, you know, for us, that's a way that we cultivate community is to kind of hopefully provide a service there and get people, give people the opportunity to create. Yeah, we did uh, the last weekend film fest of the year, we gave away some stuff. But up until that point, we haven't, there's been no prize to it. But we've had submissions in the hundreds of people interested in just being able to submit their work and put it into a community, right? Um, and yeah, it's pretty global. Our last, our last one of the year, we, we shipped prizes out. One of the people who won was in Canada, and one of them was in a small town in India. And that was like a really cool thing, especially for me, to see that like we're able to connect with a global community of people who are interested in creating. And that, that all comes from, again, you know, trying to think about who's the community, who's the audience. And the audience for that is like aspiring creators who want something to do, like they want a project. They're like, what, I, like I have this idea to create something, but there's no deadline. We give them a deadline. We say you have to do it this weekend. And so, you know, a lot of times that kind of constraint and, and building that kind of community, that's, that's something we're really interested in. Yeah, I mean, as we were workshopping this conversation, um, I had a bunch of calls with Samir, and we were just talking about how different now is compared to when you guys were in college and just how much opportunity there is and how you can just, like, post on Twitter and get 60 videos, get things like that. And that's something that um, we felt here. And during college, like, there's so many opportunities for us to get involved in these things. How do you think, how do you think we can find focus in those things and mm. focus in on our passions? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think you're at an era right now where you can do anything and that, that makes it hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right? Like you can do everything, it's hard to do one thing. Like I would say right now, sink into the concept that anything you want to do is possible. So for example, Right now, we're recording a podcast, right? Think about when we were growing up, if you wanted to have like a radio show, you had to buy radio time. The Lacrosse Network, our first business, if you wanted to have a network, you had to somehow plug into a TV satellite. So none of that was possible before. So that, that's something that I think is really exciting. Now I think you have to think again, like what is the purpose of my creation? Why do I create? You know, that's a really interesting question to answer, to really dig deep and think about, like, why am I creating? Because if you can find your why, if you can answer that question of why, why do I put out music or why do I create these tech videos? Like, what's, what's the purpose? And once you answer that question, I think that's how you find your focus. If you really deeply understand that why, then you will do it on a consistent basis. If you do it on a consistent basis, you will reiterate it to the point where it actually might have an audience or actually might be a viable thing for you to do and you will continue to do it for a long time. Uh, you know, if you have a reason of like, man, I, I want to make YouTube videos because I want to get views, uh, anything like that, like you might be able to make that work, but it's going to be a little bit harder. Finding like a deep purpose uh, for your creation is, is the best way to make it work and find your focus, I would say. What do you guys think your like why is currently? Currently, yeah, I think it, it all boils down to community. Like, if you listen to any of our yeah. ideas, they all come from, like, how do we take a digital idea where we're creating content and and wrap it into a community, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. Weekend Film Fest or the Lacrosse Network, or making a video to meet someone in real life. Like, I think we we believe telling stories is an opportunity to bring the world together, right? Yeah. Like, it's always been, and now the internet allows us to do it on a global scale. I think too, like if you're going to be spending a lot of time in digital environments, like creating for digital platforms, at least for me, it's so essential that the time I spend alone editing or creating, or even if it's with a couple, Samir and I together, 
if I'm going to put in that much time to putting something out on the internet, I want it to give back to me in my actual life, like interacting with people in my community. So yeah, like community from the beginning is so important to us. Like even having opportunities to come here and be with all of you, <laughs> this happened because we put up a video that Rohan saw. Like right. that to us is why we do it. Mm -hmm. um, how many people are here like film design majors? What majors do we have in the room? I know CogSci, CS. Cool. Uh -huh. nice. And so we have like a really broad variety, especially mm -hmm. Creative Labs going off of that. Um, we accept, we don't like differentiate any major um, with our projects and we just like people apply with any background and they're like, oh hey, I want to design oh, hey, I want to develop. And I think it's really interesting, especially Colin, um, mm. since you did business and since you did, like, since you did study yeah. something non-traditional to film, how did you approach, like, film in that way? And well, when I got out of school, I mean, I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And for me, that meant doing a lot of things myself, which was going to mean graphic design, taking photos, putting up a website, and ultimately making videos about what I was doing. Like picking up a camera and telling stories about my lacrosse team was just a way to learn how to use a camera so that whatever I did next, I could make my own videos about whatever my actual entrepreneurial like pursuit was going to be. Um, and so, like I said, I, I got a job to pay my rent uh, at a hotel at a front desk. And that was extremely important because one, it taught me what I don't want to do. Like being there 40 hours a week at the front desk, it's just, not how I wanted to spend my time. And what I did after work showed me what I, how I actually did want to spend my time. After work, I was learning Photoshop Illustrator. I was using my camera. Um, so I think sometimes like, if you have this why, you figured it out, it may not be supported by a viable career yet. And sometimes one of the best things you can do is get a job and take finances out of the equation, especially if you're right out of school. Because that gives you the time to find out even more so, what do you really like to do? And then to add to that, I think if you are looking for what you're doing after work to eventually pay you back, picking a niche community is even more important because I was able to get discovered by people within my community within you know, a month of picking up my camera. And it eventually did lead to a career. If Colin wanted to become a filmmaker and he just made some like general documentary film maybe I don't know about some some different topic like it would have been much harder to get discovered right? if he made something about like the NFL or like you know pro tennis I don't know it'd probably be harder that, yeah that you went to tennis but there's like a lot of <laughs> there's like a lot of people doing that right so like you know finding that hyper specific community just going back to that like again it's whatever you guys are doing like whether it's film or not yeah whether it's film or not like storytelling is going to be important mm -hmm. right just like expressing your idea so starting with like What's the community you're trying to serve and approach? And then what's the emotion that you want to evoke from them? So like if we were to even start with this room, you would be the community and the emotion would be like inspiration or ex excitement <laughs> or entertainment. And we might fail in the beginning, but because we're here and we're a part of this community and you're a small subset, like you're willing to give us advice and the more that we keep trying, we'll probably get closer to reaching that emotion that we're trying to hit. Um, yeah, and that spans across the board. Like, if you're in a job interview, whether you know it or not, like, you're storytelling, right? Like, when you sit down and you represent who you are, it all has to do with storytelling. Um, so, like Colin just said, like, that's a, that's a huge piece of the puzzle that I think whatever you're doing, the way that filmmaking and storytelling or what we do can, can help you right now, one thing you can take away is, like, identify the audience, right, and identify the emotion you want them to feel. Those are two really important things like that bridge that you're going to create right there, that's a story. How am I going to tell a story to make this person feel this emotion? So yeah. Yeah. I think like me and my friends joke about it all the time, but we say we go to college for the clubs and like Brune Entrepreneur is like the, like, 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 oh, like the, the clubs. <laughs> the clubs? Yes. Clubs. Yes. No, the student orgs. But oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's cool too. Yeah. And then we always say, oh, yeah, and I'm a CogSci major, and I'm a CS major. Um, but that's been, like, probably the most exciting thing about college for me, just making, like, friends like Anshul, mm -hmm. Justin, who we've met literally in this space. And we talked here, and we've been workshopping our ideas from that point. 
Should we take some questions? Yeah. Anybody have a question? Yeah, let's start back there. Yeah, I would say it's a lot through feedback. I mean, on this podcast alone, we um, ran a survey, like a Google form that we had people fill out and give us tangible feedback. Um, you know, whether, uh, it, when it's on YouTube, it's a lot easier. You get feedback immediately, right? Like if anyone here posts on Instagram, like you're going to get feedback immediately. It's either going to like get a lot of likes and yeah. comments or it's like... We posted a video not, of the day yeah. and within minutes someone was like, seems like you just checked your hair for like 50% of the video. Like you were just trying <laughs> to see what you looked like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so, don't think it's true. So, but yeah, I mean, like, but that, you get feedback like right away. You put one out, and it like, comes in. You're like, whoa! All right, didn't think about that. I think you have to balance between um, the feedback that you're getting from your audience uh, and the feedback that you give yourself about where you want to go with your with your creations, right? So again, it's it's all about purpose. Like, if part of your purpose is I want to create a career out of this, there's going to be certain things you have to do. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. It's like just just. The one thing is like trying to find that within yourself. There's a lot of tactics to do that. Like whether that's, I, I try and write every single morning, just free writing. And that helps me like untangle some of the thoughts in my mind and make sure that I'm staying on track in terms of my own personal purpose of why I'm creating and why I spend my time doing what, I, what I'm doing. Because um, it's not always easy, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I consider it to be one of the toughest parts. Yeah. Just like the opportunity to compare yourself has just never been more prevalent. And that can definitely sway your internal why at times. So definitely like almost making a daily practice mm -hmm. to write about it and think about it. You know, this is my why, like reiterate yeah. it in the mornings. Yeah, that's a quick question. I know you were talking a little bit about storytelling too. Uh, since you guys have had so much experience already, how has your storytelling changed from the beginning? And do you guys do any, I guess, rigid steps in order to identify what kind of stories you guys want to tell? Man, it's evolved so much. Like, bef the, the beforehand, like, when we used to tell stories, and especially documentaries, um, we would just say, like, all right, we'll just show up with cameras. Like, typically Colin would go, and then he'd come back with the footage, and then we'd look at the footage, and we'd create a story after the fact. Um, I think for better or for worse, now, like, things have gotten more and more structured where you know, we try and identify the audience first. That's the most important is like getting in the head of the audience and saying, why would they care about it? And what are we trying to, what's the result that we're hoping for at the end of this? And I would say after that, like it's, you know, the rest is not that different. But coming into it, understanding, like if you're making YouTube videos, one huge part of it, right, is like the title and thumbnail, right? Like why would anyone click on this? Why would anyone care about this? Why? you know, why would they do that? And so getting in the mind of the audience first is really important. Some of the best creators that we've interacted with don't even pick up the camera until they've designed the thumbnail, right? Until they know what the movie poster looks like, uh, until they know what the title looks like. We lost one, we lost one, that's all right, you know? That's all right, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. But uh, yeah, that's what I would say, is like really defining the audience and, and, and understanding um, how they're gonna feel, what their emotion's gonna be like. Um, that helps you craft the outline for your narrative. I would say we do a lot more writing now than we ever did before, like before picking up a camera. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually write. We, we never used to write. It was just like pick up a camera and be like, all right, let's figure we'll this out. We'll make it work. Yeah. yeah, we'll make it work. So now it's like a lot more writing in the beginning. Making sure that there is like an act one, act two, act three structure, even if it's like we're going to improv within it, it's like there's some sort of foundation of what makes this an interesting piece. You know, YouTube's a lot more competitive now. Online storytelling's a lot more competitive than it's ever been before. So you have to at least make sure that you're creating some sort of through line and um, bringing people through some sort of transformation from, from beginning to end of the video. You know, you, you already have an interesting topic without me seeing a video, right? You're gonna, you're gonna try and build something or create something from start to finish, right? Yeah. Already there's conflict in that, right? There's already a narrative like, oh, he, He's going to try and do this. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Is there going to be an obstacle in the way? Like, all of that is really important to show because that's actually the video. What, yeah. it's, not, it's not the end result. It's actually the, the middle of it that's the video. That's the, that's the conflict that I'm there to see, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think sometimes those are the stories that are more nerve-wracking to tell, like the ones that haven't fully lived out yet, but they definitely make for the best entertainment. Yeah. Anything else? Anybody else? So 
I guess like talking about that last point, that YouTube is getting so competitive and the market is changing. You guys recently went to BuzzFeed U mm -hmm. for Instagram, for IGTV, and then also things like, you guys have a great TikTok video up. What do you guys see like the future looking like, especially with content? And I know that's a huge question. Sure. But yeah, I mean, here's the reality of, of the situation. Storytelling has always won. From the time when we, like people were sitting around a fire, people were telling each other stories, right? And so no matter the platform, before it was Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, Facebook, it was reality TV, right? And before it was reality TV, it was movies. And before it was movies, there was plays and there's radio. I mean, storytelling has never not been a part of our lives. So I think that it's hard to take some of this stuff seriously. Like when you look at TikTok or when you look at, at like the egg, and you're trying to understand, right? Like, like, why is this the most entertaining thing? But the egg is actually a phenomenal story, right? You have like a purpose behind it, right? Yep. You have a very easy action. You can build a community around it. Every, I can just say the word the egg and everyone in here knows what it and is. And like, like, look at the egg. Like the act one of the egg is just the account with the copy being like, we're trying to become the most like photo on Instagram. That's the act one. You're like, oh wow, what's gonna happen? State your purpose, right? State your purpose, like here yeah. it is, right State there, your purpose. super easy. And then act two of the egg story was all of those likes. And then as it Can got it happen? closer, like yeah. the news media about it. And then it happened, act three, resolution. It happened. Season two, though, is like, who did it? Right. <laughs> Which is not told yet. Yeah. So like, like you know, you don't, sometimes you don't even consider it storytelling, but it is. And so what I would say is that the future is, it could be any other platform. But the future of all of this is always going to lie with the best stories. The best stories will always win. So, uh, you know, we have now have the opportunity to have something like the egg that couldn't exist before. But before that, there was some other, you know, great story that we all got behind. And, and the news dictated that. But today, everyone in this room gets to dictate what the story is that the world hears. Like, that wasn't a thing when in the 90s. Like, no one could just decide the entire world's gonna know about the egg. But today, someone can sit in their room and be like, I'm gonna make that happen. Yeah. And so that's- like The world needs this egg. Yeah, I would yeah. just say like, if you have a story to tell, if you have a story to tell the world, no matter if it's Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, or some new platform, you know, um, you have the opportunity to tell it today. And that's a really unique opportunity. I, who knows if that'll last forever, but you know, right now it's democratized. Like anyone can tell a story. And if it's a good enough story, the whole world will hear it. And that's really exciting. So I, like the future, when we sat, we, we, what he was talking about, we spent a week at BuzzFeed, uh, part of one of their programs where um, through them and Instagram, we got invited to develop a show and um, try and figure out IGTV. Anyone watch IGTV in here? Not really, right? Yeah, okay, not yet. Yeah, so it's like in really early stages. They're trying to figure it out. And um, you know, we got invited there. And I think we learned a lot about storytelling from them. Um, you know, they, they're really good at like clickbait and like thumbnail baiting and whatnot, but like they do tell really good stories also. Has anyone watched BuzzFeed here? Yeah, you guys watch like Worth It or any of those shows? Try Guys. Yeah, Try, try guys. guys. Like yeah. the, these are phenomenal concepts and they're just really good stories. So, you know, wh whatever happens next in content, if YouTube gets shut down, there's gonna be a new place to tell stories and that's gonna win. Whether it's inside of a theater, inside of a classroom, like whatever it is, it's just the best story. So I wouldn't view these platforms and like, get anxiety around like, oh shit, I'm, I don't have a million followers on, on Instagram or whatever. It's just, let's, let's tell the best story and find the best audience for you. And then you'll be able to actually show them your creations. I would say too, like we use the word like create or share a lot of times now within the confines of digital platforms. But I wouldn't underestimate the value of sharing something that you made in real life. Like, What's great about sharing on digital platform is you can put something out and potentially it could have thousands of views in 24 hours and that's really exciting. You never know who's watching. But like the actual connection you get from sharing with five people sometimes in a room or one person, one of your creations can be so much more impactful actually to your everyday life and then hope, hopefully even inform what you're going to do on a digital platform after that. Yeah, I guess um, to close, you guys had a crazy 2018, and just like the Twitter video you guys uploaded, it's a minute 30, just running over your whole year. What was like one of your hardest challenges that you faced that year? And like, what did you guys learn from that? And how are you building this year? Hmm. 
And we'll end on that. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good question. I wouldn't say that, I don't, I don't know if I could pinpoint a specific obstacle, but I would say that coming off of our first business, when we left that company, I thought it was going to be really easy to make a name for ourselves, um, you know, outside of our community, outside of the lacrosse community. And I would say the biggest obstacle um, to this day still is sinking into our why and our purpose. I think it's a daily struggle of figuring out exactly why we create. Um, and so that's, that's what I would say the biggest obstacle of last year was, was finding focus. Mm -hmm. You know, we did get to do a lot of cool things. We got to travel around and, and filmmake with a lot of people, but um, understanding internally that, you know, how, whatever level of success you do get, um, making sure that on a day-to-day -day basis, you understand why you are doing that. Why are you spending your time like that? That's to me the most important thing and, and probably the biggest obstacle to always overcome. Yeah. I'll just quickly add to that, that like at one point this past year when we were getting the most viewership on our channel, we were doing this show called The Breakdown, um, where each episode were documentary style, video essay style, breaking down like a trending topic on the internet. And those videos did the best for us and gave us the most amount of subscribers. And it was exciting, but the lifestyle we were living because of those, making those videos was spending every day inside staring at a computer. That wasn't that fulfilling. So I think that was like, that was like a big re realization for us was like, all right, just because we hit some metric of success here, does that actually translate to success in my morning tonight, like in the way I'm living my life? So that was sort of an adjustment for us. Um, and yeah. part of the reason I think, I think we sort of questioned you your why. Yeah, yeah, one time you mentioned like, you guys would spend hours on one video and it wouldn't get the same viewership as some video you made in like, in way less of a time. Right, and, and that like, I think that right there is like, well, what's, like you, it, the viewership shouldn't matter that much if if you're wise because you you'll, you'll want to do it, it no yeah. matter what exactly yeah because it's you're so passionate about it that no matter what so that's like identifying those things is really important yeah yeah cool anything else guys well thanks so much all right thank you cool. guys yeah thanks so much for having us That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope you enjoyed the format of this live conversation. We had a great time speaking at Creative Labs, and we actually have some more live speaking sessions lined up for this year, which is really exciting for us. We love the opportunity to actually get out, be with a community, and have that conversation. It's one of our favorite parts of being creators. If you're interested in inviting us to speak at an event or at your company, we'd be happy to tailor a conversation and even record it for our podcast. You can email us at colinandsamir at gmail.com to inquire about live speaking events. All right, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, drop us a review, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.